welcome to today's On This Day in Tudor History with me, Claire Ridgway, author of On This Day in Tudor History. Now, today I'm taking you back to the reign of Queen Mary I for On This Day in Tudor History, the 12th of November, 1555. Queen Mary I, Lord Chancellor Stephen Gardner, Bishop of Winchester, died. He was laid to rest at Winchester Cathedral in what is now known as the Bishop Gardner Chantry Chapel. Today's talk is based on an excerpt from my book on this day in Tudor history about Gardner's life and career. Stephen Gardner's date of birth is not known, with some saying 1483 and others saying 1493 or 1497. But he was born in Bury St Edmunds in Suffolk, his father was William Gardner, although some say John Gardner, a cloth merchant and a mercenary hired during the Wars of the Roses, and his mother is thought to have been called Agnes. According to some Welsh accounts of the 1485 Battle of Bosworth, it was William Gardner who killed King Richard III with a poleaxe. Sir William Gardner later married Helen Tudor, a woman said to have been the illegitimate daughter of Jasper Tudor, uncle of King Henry VII. Recent research, however, suggests that Helen was actually the mother of monk Thomas Gardner, so a bit different. As a young man, Stephen Gardner met the famous humanist scholar Erasmus in Paris, and he studied at Trinity Hall, Cambridge. He'd received doctorates in both civil law and canon law by 1522, and went on to work for Cardinal Thomas Wolsey, Henry VIII's Lord Chancellor, as a secretary in around 1524. He met King Henry VIII for the first time in 1525 at the Moor in Hertfordshire for the signing of the Treaty of the Moor between the King and Francis I of France. Two years later, in 1527, Gardner and Sir Thomas More worked as commissioners in arranging with the French ambassadors a treaty to obtain support for an army against the Holy Roman Emperor, Charles V, in Italy. In 1527, Gardner accompanied his master, Wolsey, on a diplomatic mission to France to gain the French king's support for the king's great matter, or his secret matter, his wish to divorce Catherine of Aragon. A year later, Gardner was sent to Italy with Edward Fox, the provost of King's College, Cambridge, to secure a decretal commission from the Pope which would allow Cardinal Wolsey to rule on the validity of the King's marriage without an appeal to Rome. Although Gardner was an expert on canon law and so was at a great advantage, Pope Clement VII had recently been imprisoned by Charles V's troops and was wary of offending the Emperor, who was Catherine of Aragon's nephew, and so refused to grant the decretal commission and instead granted a general commission to allow Cardinal Wolsey to try the case in England with the papal legate Cardinal Campeggio. In 1526, Gardner was appointed Archdeacon of Taunton and then in 1529 Archdeacon of Norfolk, a post from which he resigned in 1531 when he became Archdeacon of Leicester. In the summer of 1529, Gardner also moved from Cardinal Wolsey's service to that of King Henry VIII, serving him as his principal secretary, and from then on was highly involved in the king's great matter. In November 1531, Gardner was appointed as Bishop of Winchester, 
after successfully procuring a decision from the University of Cambridge on the unlawfulness of a man marrying his dead brother's wife. However, he offended the king a year later when he was involved in preparing The Answer of the Ordinaries, a reply to the supplication against the ordinaries, which had been drawn up by the House of Commons and presented to the Southern Convocation by Archbishop Warham. It was an attack on the legal powers and privileges of bishops and ecclesiastical officials. Gardner answered by stating that the church's right to make laws came from God, and he denied that these laws needed royal approval. The king wasn't impressed, and the imperial ambassador reported a division between secretary and king, suggesting that Gardner was now a supporter of Catherine of Aragon and was refusing to preach in favour of the king. In May 1533, following Henry VIII's marriage to Anne Boleyn, Gardner assisted the Archbishop of Canterbury, Thomas Cramner, in pronouncing the marriage between Henry and Catherine null and void. And in 1535, he was one of the bishops asked to vindicate Henry VIII's new title, Supreme Head of the Church of England, something which he did by writing a treatise in which he argued that rulers were entitled to supremacy in their own country's churches and that the Pope had no legitimate power over other churches. Between 1535 and 1539, Gardner was mostly abroad on diplomatic missions, but in 1539 he helped to prepare the Six Articles, which reaffirmed the traditional Catholic doctrine on transubstantiation, clerical celibacy, the vow of chastity, the withholding of the cup from the laity at communion, private masses and auricular confession. In 1543, Gardner was involved in the prebendaries plot against Archbishop Cramner, along with his nephew, Germain Gardner. The plot failed when the king supported his archbishop. Gardner survived, but his nephew, the scapegoat, was executed for treason. In 1546, Gardner, along with Lord Chancellor Thomas Risley, attempted to turn the king against his sixth wife, the reformist Catherine Parr. The plot failed when Catherine managed to reconcile with the king. On the 28th of January 1547, King Henry VIII died, and although Gardner had been one of his trusted advisers, he was not named as an executor in the king's will. And during the Protestant reign of Edward VI, Gardner was imprisoned, first in the fleet and then in the Tower of London, for his opposition to the religious changes being made. However, he was released at the accession of Queen Mary I in 1553, restored to his bishopric and made the Queen's Lord Chancellor. He crowned Mary I Queen of England at her coronation at Westminster Abbey on the 1st of October 1553 and helped Mary to restore Catholicism and, ironically, to overturn the annulment of her parents' marriage, making her legitimate. He was also instrumental in the marriage negotiations between Mary and Philip of Spain, and married the couple at Winchester Cathedral on the 25th of July, 1554. It's not clear what Gardner's role was in the Marian persecutions, but it appears that he preferred to try and persuade people to save themselves by recanting and reconciling themselves to the church. It has been pointed out that in his own diocese, nobody was persecuted until after Gardner's death. In May 1555, Gardner carried out his last diplomatic mission to France 
to promote peace, a mission that was not successful. And in October 1555, he opened Parliament. On the 12th of November 1555, after being taken ill at the end of October, this famous Tudor statesman and lawyer, Stephen Gardner, Bishop of Winchester and Lord Chancellor of England, died. It is thought that he was in his 60s and that he'd been suffering from jaundice and dropsy, although there were rumours that he'd been poisoned. It is said that as he lay dying, the story of the Passion was read to him and that his dying words in Latin after hearing of the denial of Peter translate to, like Peter, I have erred, and like Peter, I have not wept, an allusion to his weakness during the reign of King Henry VIII. Gardner's entrails were buried in St Mary Overy in Southwark and his body buried in a chantry tomb in Winchester Cathedral. Stephen Gardner has gone down in history as Wiley Winchester, a nickname given to him by martyrologist John Fox, who, as a Protestant, viewed Gardner as a man hated of God and all good men. And now a bit of trivia. Protestant Catherine Willoughby, Duchess of Suffolk, wife of Charles Brandon, named her little dog Gardner and enjoyed calling her little dog to heel. Tomorrow, I will be talking about a dastardly deed in 1536, the first person to be killed with a handgun in England. Do make sure that you're subscribed. Click that button right about there and that you've hit the bell so that you don't miss that video. Also on this day in Tudor history, the 12th of November 1537, the corpse of Queen Jane Seymour, Henry VIII's third wife, was transported by chariot in a procession from Hampton Court Palace to Windsor Castle in preparation for burial. Jane Seymour's heart and entrails had been buried in the chapel at Hampton Court Palace following her death on the 24th of October 1537. Her stepdaughter, the Lady Mary, acted as chief mourner for the proceedings. In last year's video, I gave details of the procession, the service at St George's Chapel where Jane's buried, and the commemoration in the City of London. So do watch that. You can find that. There's a link to it in the description. Thank you for listening to this podcast. I do hope you enjoyed it. And don't forget to subscribe so that you can enjoy podcasts on a daily basis. Thank you.